It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie's. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your regular routine. We're here for you a couple times a week now in the summer. It's August, there's nothing going on, but we're still here because we find shit to talk about. We're the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. He is Jay King. We've got wind projections, over-unders, already looking ahead to the season. The Moose is moving up north, and Terry Rozier picked up his dad out of prison and posted it all on social media. Big moment for Terry Rozier, and we're going to talk about it all. Let's start with these wind projections. So, Westgate was out today with their over-unders. The Celtics have the second highest behind the Warriors, Golden State at 62.5, Celtics at 57.5, three games ahead of the Rockets. So that's the over-under for the season. Jay, put your money down. What are you taking? I, I'm taking the under just because... You son of a... No, go ahead. Here's, it's really hard to win 58 games. Yeah, like, is. a lot has to go right. And I was actually discussing this with my brothers. And I think the Celtics... I have a, as, like, they, they have a pretty good chance to sustain injuries. Obviously, they, everyone got injured last year. Everyone's mother got injured last year. Everyone's brother got injured last year. Everyone's dogs, even dogs yeah, got Gordon, hurt. Gordon Hayward's dog tore his ACL, I think. Um, yes. But, God. so they, they can sustain injuries. They have the depth to do it. They have enough star power to do it. But it's just really hard to win at least 58 games. And I, I know it was like, they were kind of spoiled. They kind of spoiled people last year by just coming out the gates with 16 straight wins after they lost their first two. They didn't have the adjustment period they should have after the offseason overhaul. I think it's going to take some doing to, to mix Hay- Gordon Hayward back in. I, I just don't think it's going to be that easy. And I also think they overachieved a little bit last year. Like their net point differential wasn't wasn't that great. And I know they didn't have Hayward. I know for a long time they didn't have Kyrie. I know for a long time they didn't have Smart and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will be older. I know all those things. I just think it's really hard to get up that high. So I'm going under, actually. Okay. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win 60-plus. Like, they're going to be really, really good. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at 60 as as the number. I, re, I, I just think, first of all, I, I don't want to jinx anything by saying there's no way they could have that many injuries again next season. I know that they can, but 
does feel like an aberration, but we'll see. Hopefully the Celtics can at least avoid some of those injuries and not have it be such a cascade of hospital Celtics happening all over again. So we'll, we'll see. I, I do think that the Celtics with those improvements that you mentioned with a weakened bottom of the East. Yeah. So that's another thing. That's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be easier for them to kind of avoid the longer losing streaks. Now, the Atlantic division is going to be the toughest division in basketball with Toronto and Philly. Uh, the the Nets are are going to be trying to win. The Knicks are going to be terrible. But there's there's more relief outside of that division. I just feel like they have an opportunity to be a really good offensive team as well as a really good defensive team. And aside from some battles with the Raptors, aside from with some uh, from some battles with the Sixers. I do think they can they can pump up their uh, their win totals against the rest of the East. So I, I, I'm looking at 60 games. I'm going to take the over. There you go. Corrales has the over. I mean, it won't. It really won't shock me. I think that. And I know I said it's going to take a while to adjust to Gordon Hayward, and it, it might. <laughs> I, I do think it will. I do think there will be an adjustment. I do think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. There's going to be a dynamic there because those guys are going to want more touches after what they did in the playoffs. And you're going to have Hayward back and Kyrie back. So there's going to be a dynamic there. I don't know how it's going to play out. Obviously, Brad Stevens is a good guy to have in charge of all of that. But I'm interested to see how that goes. At the same time, I think that starting lineup, the skill set of those five guys will just be so dynamic. And it kind of meshes well. So maybe they won't have the the problems that that I'm, I'm talking about. Maybe they can because their skill sets mesh so well and because they can all do so many things and because they can all guard so many different positions and because they might all be 40% three-point shooters that it, it'll be kind of seamless, but we'll see it. And then there's, I mean, I, I know everybody thinks Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are going to be healthy right away, but there's a, a very short preseason. There's, so those guys won't have too much time after they get, after they start running full court to kind of get back into the swing of things. So we'll see how it all goes. I did, they're going to be really good, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously. How many times am I going to say that this podcast? Oh, they're just going to be really good. They're going to be really, really good. Um, Great analysis. That, that's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> that's why you are Mr. Athletic. So I, I think that for the Celtics, the, the touches thing is going to be an interesting uh, dynamic, like you mentioned. Because a lot of guys, there are a lot of those guys deserve to take 20 shots a game. You know, like there's Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, Horford. Horford never will, but he should. Uh, Brown even. You're not going to get 100 field goal attempts out of your starting five. Uh, the league leaders last year as teams put up 88 shots per game. Now, can the Celtics get up to mid high 80s somewhere like maybe even 90 shots per game i think if the celtics can can really uh, capitalize on their on their defense and get out in transition and get a lot of transition opportunities really we go into every season with brad stevens saying we really want to fly around and they haven't really done that yet if they can do that this season then i think some of the touches can be alleviated by transition opportunities 
quick layups, stuff like that, you know, transition threes, and opportunities for guys to score. If if it if they don't get out there, then there's going to be a lot of that half court. Is is Jason Tatum going to take a back seat again? Is he just going to kind of take whatever comes to him? Is he going to be more aggressive? We'll see how that all pans out. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that other than it's it's definitely going to be something to watch, and it does fall under the. It's a good problem to have, but it it could it might not be a long term good problem to have because at some point. You have to wonder if if you have too much top-end talent, that is somebody going to get pissed off that they're not getting enough shots. One basketball question I have, too, is what's their bench scoring going to be like? And I, I know they're going to stagger Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I, I, I'm just really curious because they still have guys who aren't super efficient, who like to hijack the offense and take shots. And that's Marcus Morris. That's Marcus Smart. That's Terry Rozier to an extent. Obviously, he got more efficient last year. Still not the most efficient scorer. He only shot 39.5%, I think, from the field last year. Can you get everyone to sacrifice and kind of run their roles when they're playing with Gordon Hayward or Gordon Hayward and Al Horford or however Brad Stevens staggers it? I, th- I think that'll that'll go a long way toward determining whether they have a really good offense or a great offense. And I, th- I think no matter what, they're going to score points. They have too much firepower at the top. But you just wonder if those guys that that do shoot lower percentages and, and like to take a lot of mediocre to lower efficiency shots, you wonder if those guys will still kind of settle for those jumpers when they have other players that are better than that 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 will also be out there trying to take possession. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to how Stevens manages the minutes. Does does he do something like pull Gordon Hayward 6 minutes into the quarter and play Kyrie the whole quarter and then you then you start your your staggering like you said. Does he do that with two guys and and then kind of always have a couple of scorers on the floor at the same time. Uh, that That's going to be an interesting kind of experiment for Brad Stevens. And we know he's going to use the first two, three months of the season to just throw out the wildest lineups that you can think of. I mean, he's probably going to have Jabari Bird playing minutes somewhere in November, and you're going to be like, why isn't Kyrie in the game? Uh, I think that it's going to be – uh, obviously a chance for him to kind of mix and match and play and gather data like he likes to do. It's also going to be a way for him to keep minutes down so he's not taxing too many guys and not playing guys 35 minutes. He's going to be like the anti-Thibodeau and kind of keep everybody's minutes down so then he can ratchet them up later on. We'll see. We'll figure it out. I, I, I'm going with the, the 60 wins. I know ESPN was out last week. Was it Friday or whatever with their – Win projections, their RPM-based model that's got the Celtics at 53 wins. Those things are always low, but I think the big thing with that is that the Celtics are pretty high on the overall list. So we'll we'll see where it ends up. I'm shoot I'm shooting high. Jay's Jay's not a believer, so we'll <laughs> they're going to be really good. Just just trust my expert analysis. That they're going to be really good, and don't bet on sports. No, no, that's a, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I... 
NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. All right, moving on. The Moose, Greg from Moose, Greg Monroe, going into Toronto. I never expected the Celtics to re-sign him, but he's, he's off to Toronto. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits. Uh, my, my question about him, I mean, look, he's a young guy. He, he theoretically good. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the NBA right now that we – we, I think that's the biggest backhand compliment you can give somebody. Theoretically, he should be good. Uh, he's like part of like the Rodney Hood All Stars, but I think Monroe in that in that offense uh, could they they could actually use him. And I, it's going to be interesting to see where he fits, how he fits. I don't know. This could be a place where maybe he makes a team better. The I'm not convinced. You're not buying it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm, convinced. I'm I'm reaching. Here's why I'm not convinced. He just can't guard in today's day and age. Yeah. I, I think I saw a perfect tweet uh, from Danger Cart, my man Danger Cart. He said, I hope Greg Monroe wish, plays well next season in Toronto, and I hope he plays all sorts of minutes against the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Who's he going to guard if they play the Celtics? No. Like Al Horford's just going to murder him, and Kyrie is just going to murder him, and whoever else is just going to murder him. I think the the game moved faster than, than he could adapt, and now for all he can do down low, he's got great hands. He's a good rebounder. He has stretches where he really scores well. He just – you don't get anything from him defensively. And that, that, that kills you. Basically, any time he, – he was not a, a big plus for the Celtics at any point of last season. I, I kind of foresaw that when they signed him. And I'm not sure who else was out there in the buyout market that would have been a better solution. I'm not sure anyone was. Like Joe Johnson, he was the other intriguing name. I guess Marco Bellinelli could have been, but you saw how he kind of got exposed 
deeper in the playoffs by the Celtics specifically. Uh, I guess Ersan Ilyasova, I think he hit the buyout market too, so maybe they could have gotten a guy like that. Uh, Greg Monroe, I, I always thought they could have done better last year. He was a positive, seemed like a positive force in the locker room. He had some fun moments when, when they literally called him Greg on the scoreboard. That was just amazing. That was a highlight. That was a definite highlight of the season. That was a highlight. Um, and that that's about it. I, I don't think Toronto got any better with the addition of Greg Monroe, and I doubt he'll see many minutes in Toronto. I, I just I don't think he's an impact player anymore, and I know he's put up numbers in the not-so-distant past, but I just don't see it anymore. The only thing that I, I still makes me still think that he can be productive is I do think that he's just a really good passer, and if and he can make moves, he he can execute post moves. Uh, he just never could quite finish last season for the Celtics, and everything's an and one for him, which is hilarious. But I think offensively, he can he still has something to give. You're right, defensively, it's it's not going to be great. He might be one of those guys that can be decent in the regular season. For in the right situation, give them 15, 20 good minutes off the bench, decent minutes off the bench. But when it comes to playoff time and rotation shorten, you're playing better opponents and you're you know you have a tendency to get exposed. Then I definitely don't think that he's going to get much time. But I don't know. I, I think I I still have some semblance of belief. I think he's got a couple of pretty good skills that are still useful. But you're right, the NBA the NBA's changed a lot and and he's just one of those guys that unless unless he starts adding a 3 to his game, then it's it's not going to be it's not going to be uh, it's not going to go very well for him. Yeah. And I I mean he's not going to he's not going to add a 3, I don't think. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But it's just, it's so weird to to talk about big men like that like, well, unless you can start taking threes, then you got you you you're useless, you know. Like it's so it's so wild that that's what we're talking about, big men. But man, I remember when Kevin McHale was taking threes, and I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Like that times change. All right, time has passed for Terry Rozier. It's just a cool moment. His dad, the story of his dad being in prison for it's been 13 years. Uh, is it's been kind of well documented. Um, he's still close with his dad, and today, if you're on his social media, if you're on his Instagram, if you're on his Snapchat, he went and picked up his dad. His dad got out of jail, did his time, 13 years for a robbery, uh, and now he's out, and Terry Rozier is spoiling his dad, buying him sneakers. It's The funniest part about all of this is Terry Rozier just signed this big thing with Puma, and he takes his dad to buy sneakers, and his dad's out there picking out Jordans. So that was a pretty funny moment. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool that they've been able to maintain a relationship the whole time. And uh, I wish all I wish nothing but good things for the Rosiers. Yeah, you know, look, it's and for everyone else, I'm a well wisher. You're a well wisher. That's good. <laughs> Hey, look, I, you know, people make mistakes, and, and hopefully the, now that he's out, he can become a, a better person. Uh, I don't think Terry Rozier's dad is, is going to, you know, uh, 
win a lot of sympathy from anybody. We're not trying to say anything, you know, about that. It's just it's cool that Terry Rozier's dad is out. That he's he's going to have this relationship with his dad. That he's going to be around, and, and hopefully this is a start of a, a new life for the whole family. Uh, it's it's cool. It's cool. Like he, Rozier is is it a kind of a, I don't want to say critical point in his career, but he, you know this is a chance for him. He's going to be a restricted free agent next year. Uh, we'll see what the how the Celtics play his free agency. Uh, he has an opportunity next year to to make a, a real good amount of money. So uh, things are looking up for Terry Rozier, and it's just kind of cool. So I'm happy for him. I also just want to say if if I do go to jail, I hope when I get out, my son is an NBA player and buys me Jordans. <laughs> yeah. I got to figure out what the hell you'd go to jail for. <sighs> Destruction of property with one of your now broken jump shots. <laughs> that, that's harsh. That's harsh. The, yeah. the jump shot, the jump shot isn't broken. It's just everything else is broken. Everything else is broken. But, but I'm fixing it. I'm out here grinding, man. Just let me grind. I'm on the comeback trail. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, man. All right. Good show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it enough to uh, subscribe to the podcast if you're not already a subscriber. Uh, We are here normally during the season, five days a week. We are a daily podcast when things are happening. Now, August, September, downtime, we'll do two shows a week, maybe three, to kind of depending on what happens, what the news is. And But we're still here. We're still podcasting uh, multiple times per week, even in the dead of the off-season. We'll find something to talk about. So subscribe. If you are a subscriber, five-star review is highly appreciated. A, a good review, a good written review on Apple Podcasts is, is very, very helpful. You know how, how it is. Think about when you're going out to eat and you're looking at Yelp, looking for restaurant reviews. If it's not rated five stars, if it doesn't have a good review, you're not going to go there. It's the same thing with the podcast. So help us out with that good review, the five stars. It really helps. And spread the word. Tell your friends to listen to us, the Locked On Celtics podcast, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I saw you giving the speech, Jay. You're looking, you're looking very cleaned up. You get the haircut. Yep. Summer mission. Summer is nice. I get to sleep a little, get haircuts, hit the gym a little, and then then I become a slob again. Nice. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We'll put that one at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.